Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Career Retrospectives with Kyle Q down below me right here. Hey guys. And we have a special guest tonight talking about tonight's acclaimed album, Mr. ELO himself, Mike Cornell. How you doing? Oh, just doing great, especially with the ELO as a topic. Uh, it couldn't be better. <laughs> awesome. Well, well you know, as the title of this video suggests, we are talking tonight about electric light orchestras out of the blue. And I love the album, Cosmic Fan of the album too. And Mike is the ELO guy. We got the right guy tonight. So we're all ready. Absolutely. <laughs> so let me just share my screen here. So let me ask you both a quick question. What are your initial overall thoughts? We'll start with Mike on this one. What's your take on ELO and what's your take on electric light orchestras out of the blue in general? Well, I think that's a good question. I think every album, every music, piece we listen to has some kind of nostalgic quality to it um mine comes from my childhood this is the this is the album my dad would pick uh, to play in the car this was like the soundtrack to my childhood you know it's like you know think of driving to ocean city maryland or you know wherever you went those places are attached to those songs and they kind of carry with them uh, feelings and different kinds of and as for everyone i think we all share that same kind of nostalgia you know um attachment so um yeah so i mean that was just basically my kind of the album my dad would play over and over and over again became kind of a big part of our um our car trips and uh every single song kind of carried with a certain kind of memento you know a pace to it some slow some fast and um and it kind of just uh became something that we all memorized all knew the, the lyrics were all singing and there was some of the most insanely catchy um choruses and um different kinds of uh you know just different songs and they're just the perfect kind of uh, soundtrack to the car trip so um so it's it's definitely a very very nostalgic thing for me it's become um one of those albums that i i can't believe there's a double album that has that many songs that i could honestly say um i wouldn't change a single track so um yeah it just has it has that kind of quality to it and and has always kind of aged well although you know like a lot of people it, it kind of came on the heels of like the disco change you know the next album after this which was the discovery album was much more immersed in disco this album fused many different styles together which is why it aged um, much better than some of uh, their later releases and their, their more previous releases were kind of um, more specifically one sound this one was like many styles colliding to make a great soundtrack so yeah um, definitely a very important album awesome Kyle what's your take on ELO's Out of the Blue so unlike Mike here the this album doesn't really have many nostalgic memories for me uh, this was actually an album other than the big you know the bigger songs off the album I actually didn't hear this album in full until probably till Mike had me listen to it. What was that four years ago now? Yes. Uh, it's quite a while ago now. But you know, at gunpoint. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, well, maybe a little bit now. Uh, but <laughs> it's become an album that it, I may not like every song on it, but there are songs that have just worked their way into my usual rotation and they've stayed there. Uh, like Mike's, I like that he brought the like the disco influence on it. There is some of that here, but I really appreciate the way that they 
fuse that with the other sounds that were going on at the time. Mm-hmm. Cause that did really help it age well, especially today when we see modern artists going back to that disco sound. I mean, you got, uh, you could take one of these instrumentals and just put like Dua Lipa's vocals over it. And you, it would be believable that that's just a modern song. And now the production as a whole on this album held up very well. Awesome. And, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say my my initial impression. I I I'm a big. I mean, I have not seen ELL live. I mean, I know Mike has seen them. Like, I lost track how many times we've seen them. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I saw but, them at uh, Radio City Music Hall. It was awesome. <laughs> awesome. And I I I'm I would I because I haven't seen them live. They're on my list of acts to go see live and whatnot. Um, I. I'm I'm very curious to see what how these types of songs would go over live with Jeff Lynn's or, like orchestra and whatnot too. I mean it's electric like orchestra. Um, my initial impressions personally are that like I gotta say these this album is I would say it's one of one of the pivotal albums from I would say like the '70s or so. Like it definitely a, a decade definer, truthfully. Um, all do I like all the songs on there because some of them are lesser known than others. Yeah, I, there's some songs like more than others personally, but they're, overall, I think I think it's a really strong double album. And for those who are watching us live, here's the LP itself. There's a double Ooh. album. Ooh. And when I showed Mike this, he was like, "What's going on?" Yeah, I almost but, fell uh, on my chair. I had to catch myself. You're like, and that, that, this just shows it's, it's got this double LP right there. I know, I know, we're doing this live. I don't really care, but like, it's it's <laughs> really has it's a solid record. And just from the opening of Turn to Stone to like. Even all the way down to like the third side has Mr. Blue Sky as the last song. I mean, come on, you, you, there's some incredible yeah. songs just in general on this one album, and Mr. Blue Sky is a staple, of course. But um, but that's that's just my initial impressions. Why don't we get over to the track listing, shall we? Let's jump over to the Wikipedia page. So, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and Mike, I I, I hate I, I'm not going to say this too much, but I'm going to rely on you a little bit for more details because you are the ELO mm. guy. So, <laughs> no problem. Um, but overall, I mean, this just like let's go down to the track listing. Let me just share my thing. Um, all the songs are written by Jeff Lynn and composed by Jeff Lynn, and he he is the mastermind of ELO. And he just and you would know, of course, both of you guys. I would say I'm gonna read off all the sides, uh, the, the tracks on each side, and we'll go from there. But Turn to Stone, It's Over, Sweet Talking Woman, Across the Border, Night in the City, Starlight, Jungle. Believe me now, it's an instrumental. Stepping out, standing in the rain, big wheels, summer and lightning, Mr. Blue Sky, of course. Sweet sweet is the night, the whale, another instrumental, and Birmingham Blues is the Wild West Hero. A double album back in 1977. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's 77. There we go. 77. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, let's jump over to Mike for a sec. Mike, do you, is there a favorite side on this album that you like more than more than the other one how like how would you like what's your like initial impression of like what's your take on like your favorite side and whatnot what would you say now what that's an interesting question because what's interesting about this album is um yellow is is known for having a lot of themes to their album so there's a lot of weather themes it's raining now it's now it's sunny now it's dark it's night in the city now it's day you know, that's kind of been a way that for them to kind of give you this feeling of like um, there's a momentum. There's a kind of like uh, um, a light and a dark. There's a, a journey taking place. And in a lot of the ways, um, it starts off very 
high paced and fast. So turn to stone, it's over. Sweet talking woman across the border. They're all fast track songs. They're all like get up and go. Uh, very kind of um, you know just uh, just fast paced and and just rocking. But then you kind of come to like night in the city, much more kind of like a chill um, kind of a quieter song. Same thing with Starlight. Um, you know, believe me now, stepping out are kind of all except jungle. I'll be on, I'll be honest with you. I must make a confession. Jungle is one of my least favorite ELO songs on this album. Uh, God forgive me for speaking. Uh, such Yeah. It, uh, okay. I'll be honest with you. It's like very, um, I would say it's very kind of an ambitious track to kind of, um, to once again, give you a feeling of environmental, kind of like um visual aspects to rhythm that you know very uh you know it's, it's all about the rhythm and the sounds of the drums and the different noises and um the aspects there i don't hate i don't hate the track as itself i just feel like there's so many more tracks that i i prefer to hear so um but yeah this is the quieter side um and then you know you kind of go into like once again quieter uh, side for you know these um, songs at the end and M Mr. Blue Sky kind of picks up uh, it's it's day again you know and then you know kind of it just kind of like it's so interesting but I would say for me uh, the side that I actually love the most on this album is probably I would have to say the start I like the the the, the beginning the the strong start um, and then you know kind of like uh, you kind of go into some quieter stuff which i love too but those first songs and then i'm um, kind of the ending the beginning mm -hmm. and the end are some of the most uh the best opener and closers for i think uh that i've heard ever on an album and just you just planned it perfectly when it came to that kind of you know the vibe you know and this is why we have you on right now <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely You're the man uh hey. Jumping over to Kyle. I mean, do you have a favorite sign? I mean, because you listen to this. Uh, I'm assuming you listened to this before we did our stream tonight as well. So. Oh, yeah. I listened to it a couple of times getting ready for it. Um, what's weird for me with this one, I, I'd probably fall more into agreement with Mike in terms of side one probably being my favorite. Okay. Just overall. But the songs that I really like from this album – are legitimately scattered across all four mm, okay. each al each side of this album to me has both songs that i really really like and then others that are kind of middle of the road uh it, there's only two songs on this album i'm gonna be honest so it's right out of the gate there's two songs on the album that i do not like one of them was jungle but i will also agree with mike that they do a very good job with setting that environment like when you listen to the song you definitely see what they're going for i just think it might not necessarily fit in with the overall thematic uh tone of the album it's just kind of a little jarring kind of takes you out of it a little bit for a minute mm -hmm. um for that reason side two is kind of out i i think that does have a great beginning there is some filler for me in the middle and i think the end is really great so for me, I'd probably fall along the lines of side one, maybe side four. Okay. All right. All good. I would say for me, to me, it comes down to between side one, which is turn to stone. It's over. Sweet talking woman and across the border. But I would also say um, I, I, I tend to agree with, I agree more with Kyle on this point because there is, 
to me, there was some filler, like a little bit here and there. Uh, but overall, as an overall album, though, I do love it in general. And I've listened to it on the, on the LP format on vinyl, and it still sounds great to this day as a complete product, mm. um, as a complete album. Um, the Signed 4 does, it is very, I mean, have, uh, just uh, right off the top, having a five-minute instrumental called The Whale would never fly today, but it works for the, in this case, in my opinion. But as far as like the, the towards the second half of the album, like it, it does, it does hold up a lot more than I thought. It, Cause again, I haven't listened to this album from start to mention a long time either. Like it was probably like, like it was three or four years ago, like you guys. And then I listened to it the other day. I was like, wow, this is really like just great orchestral put together rock truthfully. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a very almost symphonic, if you will, which I really support. I, I love quite a bit. Um, but like, you know, I would so I would agree with kind of with side one and side four pie my favorites, and obviously Mr. Blue Sky we have to touch on that as well. It's like it's a, can, can we arguably say that's like the definitive song off the album, right, Mr. Blue Sky? Absolutely, yeah. For for me, there's like three definitive songs, but I would okay. say that's absolutely the most iconic song from here, if if not the most iconic song in their entire discography. I would yeah. I would yeah I would say so with that too. I mean yeah, I, I think yeah, it's say the radio. Um, ra- I mean obviously. I've never been a guy that's like, hey, because the radio says I say, you know, because um, obviously uh, there's a lot of songs in here that uh, could have I thought could have been on the radio, but um, the ones on the radio that turn to stone, it's over, sweet talking woman, and Mr. Blue Sky. I didn't know Wild West Hero, one of my favorite songs they've ever done. Um, it's funny uh, at work we did like a an event where I could play any music I wanted to over speakers um, for and for an event. And I started playing like um, it was a country theme event. So I started playing Wild West Hero. And um, it's just amazing uh, that that song just has such a a good, you know, like I said, it just kind of takes you on a journey. It goes, it starts off slow and then it just picks up and then, it, you know, um, yeah, it's 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 definitely surprising to see. But yeah, those are the main songs that they ever that made the radio. And I mean, Mr. Blue Sky is is one of those songs that I think uh, so many places it's been used movies. Um, uh, other artists have, you know, picked up on it and you know done their own thing. And um, but it's definitely right up there with um, uh, Turn to Stone. I think Turn to Stone is right up there with um, my top favorite as well as Across the Border. Um, and then, uh, you know, somewhere coming and, uh, um, stepping out, stepping out is one of my, I mean, it's just like, you got to have that, that kind of quiet, um, you know, just a song that just kind of has like the greatest hook and inner chorus and stuff. So, Mm. yeah. Well, while we're on Mr. Blue Sky, I know, I know Mike, you saw ELO live. How did it go over live? Just curious. I haven't seen them live yet. I want to see them. So now what's interesting about ELO Live is he, uh, he likes to bring new talent alongside him to kind of show. Um, so uh, Richard Tandy, you know, he, he um, was the keyboardist and helped do the arrangements of all of the orchestral side of the album. Um, was kind of, you know, Jeff Lynne is the mastermind. He wrote everything. He is the mastermind. But I, I feel his right leg, so to speak, was uh, Richard, you know, Richard Tandy was like kind of one of those kind of guys that could... Um, really put the orchestral uh, arrangement um to in, in such a way that it would just uh, like really just kind of empower the the music and um kind of fit alongside the rock side and all the different things going on and um, when he left the, the group um uh, i feel like he needed uh, 
uh, definitely needed a little more kind of help with doing that. And um, live, uh, he's brought some good talent alongside him to help him arrange those court. You know, the they bring in like a bunch of uh, different people touring wise who help him um, do the the orchestra side. It really they really pull it off for not having a full orchestra. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really it, it's a lot. It's a big uh, production to bring that kind of uh, show along with you. And he did one. Oh, ashamed and this to say is he did like recently he did like a big show um uh with like an orchestra back in england and like um had the full thing which i would have died to see i mean i would have been been dead i've been gone but um yeah like uh but he he, from what he brought along with him you know he just brought he brought like um most of the strings that he could you know uh it really it really he really pulled it off you know It it sounded great so um loved it you know it's good, good production. Again, I'm going to say this probably another three times, but this is why we have you here tonight. <laughs> hey, Mr. Yellow himself right here. My Cornell. That's, hey, that's right. <laughs> um, all right. So, so just overall, like I'm going to jump over to Kyle right now. Kyle, what are like some standout? Cause you mentioned like the whole, there are some filler for you. What are some standout tracks to you personally? Yeah. My standout tracks are turned to stone. I think, that's aside from being one of like the big hits is a fantastic album opener in general uh really kind of sets the tone for what you're getting into uh other than that mr blue sky of course i also want to put some uh notice on sweet as the night those are like my three standout tracks i think they're all great Uh, specifically sweet as the night i love the lyrics on that there's a very catchy vocal rhythm as well which a lot of the songs on here have very catchy melodies to the vocals. What I really like about this one is it's, it has more of a rhythm to the vocals other than a melody that I really like. Uh, I do like Wild West Hero quite a bit. That's I think it's a really good ender, like really good closing out of the album. Lyrics, I'm a little eh on for it, but musically it's great. But the other big song for me, uh, Birmingham Blues. Mm-hmm. I've always really liked that song. I love that they put in like little blues elements, has a lot of really cool transitions throughout it. And uh, yeah, for me, those are the, the big ones. Mike, jumping over to you, what are some, I mean, obviously you love the album from start to finish. What are some standout oh, tracks for you personally? Absolutely. I mean, um, obviously the the first, all first four songs I, I'm a super fan of. Um, and we're coming into the, the later parts of the album. I mean, um, what I love about this album is they really integrate a lot of sound effects and, and kind of like synthesizer, you know, it, it's kind of interesting. It's almost like the synthesizer side of it is kind of meeting the, the, you know, like the, he, from what I read um, when I was doing some research um, on the band, um, they, basically popularized the um the voice kind of the vocoder i think is what they called it um uh you know they kind it's almost like the organic sounds that they they use the different kinds of little um block hits and little uh sounds that they use with the synthesizer sounds kind of come together and and really um they really just kind of add a, a whole element to it that just kind of stands out um you know but night in the city Night in the City, if I was to say one of those songs that I just, you know, just really um, has such a has such a heaviness to it. 
rock wise it's really kind of a uh, surprising to see some of the heaviness with the the rock sounds and the and the drums the drums like the you can't hear drums like you can uh in the in the 70s you know it really really once the 70s were over everything went synthesizer so it's kind of like this is the death of like that kind of organic sound to like um drums and and uh organic sounds to like the 80s which kind of you know obviously there's some artists that kept the organic sounding drums the real recording real drums but a lot of them went to a, a lot of synthesized drums a lot of um uh artificial sounding uh you know beats and this and that the ELO it was stay true to like um, fusing those two things together and not letting one become dominant over the formula. So it really gives everybody what they want to hear: some synthesized, some organic sounds. And um, yeah, I mean, Star, uh, "Night in the City," "Starlight's" is a great song, but um, "Night in the City" and uh, um, "Stepping Out," as I said before, was I mean, it's, it's just it it the lyrics really, you know, kind of hit me. Uh, you know, kind of like when it's talk about going out and seeing the world, you know, I, I did that. I traveled from one side of the country to the other and you listen to this album and it literally takes you along for the ride. You know, you're out, you're out there. Um, you're, you're going across the border. You're, uh, you know, you're stepping out, you're going, you know, it's basically, it just takes you on that journey and it's just definitely got that vibe to it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for me personally, the standout tracks for me, I would say are definitely, definitely the hits are the turn to stone. Sweet talking about Woman, Mr. Blue Sky Wildlife, sir. Like I said, the more I think about it, you're right. Night, night in the city, like you are, you, you're bang on correct by saying like the drum sound there is really like really good for the '70s. Because it's funny when you were saying how drum sounds in the '80s kind of went more like programmed. The first thing I thought of was Van Halen's "5150" because you think of 1984, you think of "5150." The drum sounds sound a little bit different between the, the two records. But Van Halen with Van Halen's 1984 and 5150. That, that was the first example that I thought of personally. But as far as just an overall, like, just the sounds go, like, I mean, Mr. Blue Sky, of course, definitely a, an iconic staple as well. Um, something about, I don't know what it is, something about the instrumentals, personally, Believe Me Now and The Whale. I don't know what it was. They just, they, even though there's no words, the music still, like, flowed well for me. It really worked out well for me personally. I, I like the, I, I've always been a fan of, like, as long as you do, it's like, Kyle and I talked to us when we talked about Metallica at one point. As long as you do instrumentals right, they work. And to me personally, in this case, like these two, uh, The Whale and Believe Me Now worked out well. The only difference was Believe Me Now was a minute and 21 seconds. And as it says here, and The Whale was five minutes and five seconds, which I mean, the, I mean that's a pretty long, long instrumental, but so was a Rhinoff, was it like uh, Master Puppets? So, but I mean, you know, but it's, it's still, it's, it's a really obviously the hits for me but a couple standouts for me would be night in the city and also the two instrumentals uh for the whale and believe me now I, i've always loved instrumental music in general so it's always something i've always enjoyed personally and so. just just to note the account during this period of time mm -hmm. a lot of uh you know substances were being used i don't i, I i'm just gonna be very general about that yeah. but i'll be honest with you when you listen to a song like the whale and you're kind of having a good time like it, I'll tell you what, a five minute instrumental is, is not very long to the, to the kind of person who is kind of relaxed state. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. I am not a user, but I have listened to the whale and I I'm like, it could have been longer than five minutes. And it's just like, it just, like I said before, it, it uses the synthesizer and the uh, vocoder and just different styles of like, um, you know, ways of kind of, uh, producing uh, a certain 
the sounds that like today people are using a much easier um, method of of like you know they're not creating stuff that they've used for a song they're kind of uh, um you know using different sounds that are available to them and whatever but um these guys were like the true definition of like uh innovative cutting edge kind of uh fusing of different styles and i mean even like if you listen to all the backing vocals are straight nod to like the doo-wop all of the girls in the background who are like repeat the words over again like i was thinking thinking you know all that kind of stuff is like straight out of the doo-wop era you know that's a nod to that you have uh you have the disco nod you have the rock and roll nod you have the billy rock kind of nod. yellow has always been a billy rock kind of band they did like roll over beethoven kind of yeah. stuff like that it's all they've nodded to so many different things but without selling out to one too much you know what i mean like where you feel like they've lost their identity it's a it's really the blender of many different things coming together and and they're and they're not willing to compromise the equation by by adding too much of one thing and and losing the kind of overall um, identity of the album. So it's, it really, really doesn't uh, have to impress you by doing something too much, just enough. I'm, I'm going to play a devil's advocate here for a minute because uh, I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> I didn't like the whale. I didn't like the whale. Um, as uh, you both of you probably know, I'm not a huge fan of instrumentals. Mm. Uh, usually when they're done well, I like them a lot. I thought, uh, believe me now, I love that one. I think it, it conveys emotion so well without words in only a, a minute and 21 seconds. Absolutely love that instrumental. The Whale just didn't do that for me. It, the Whale, is, when I said there were two songs in the album, in particular, I didn't care for. One was the jungle. The second was the whale. Mm-hmm. It just, I feel like it's, for me, a little bit too long and doesn't go enough places. I can see why some people would like it. It's just not for not for me. For me, vocals tend to carry the songs. So without that, it just kind of fell a little bit for me. But I also want to touch on really quick, uh, Mike was talking about the like the call and response backing vocals there, which is great. It's very well done. But I also want to acknowledge the call and response that they do with the vocals and the instruments in a lot of the songs, which happens a lot in their choruses, turn to stone most notice, most notably probably. But I love that. I think that's a great way to do the call and response thing without having it be backing vocals every single time. It really sets itself apart. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, growing up as a kid, uh, side three as a kid was tough for me because it's kind of very, like I said, it's very atmospheric. It's, uh, you know, you um, it's very quiet. And then Mr. Blue Sky comes in and punches you in the face like you didn't expect to be hit with one of the best songs of the album with those three songs previously that are kind of like they're very kind of. Uh, it feels like you're yeah. in the rain. It feels like you're in a storm. Yeah, it really does. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he does that, uh, you know, if you look, if you listen to other albums of his, he, he has that kind of, that kind of, uh, you know, he just loves the weather. He loves the kind of uh, atmosphere that it gives. And um, he really takes you out, um, out of your, where you are and brings you into inside the album. And, um, you know, like, it's funny, you were talking about the, the whale 
um, I almost thought Jungle could have been an instrumental without voice, voices. It could have been, you know, that backing kind of strings the, that he uses in that song. And it's just kind of like he's doing the kind of the, the vocals and then his vocals cut off and it just goes into kind of like percussion and different stuff. I, I feel like Jungle could have been something like that. I 100% of, agree. Yeah, yeah, I think it, I would have actually liked Jungle if it wasn't for the vocals and the lyrics on it. I agree. But um, yeah, it, it really is. There is a lot of um, different kind of um, aspects of it. And like I was talking with, you know, um, I, I was I was basically saying uh, this album was written in three and a half weeks in the Swiss Alps, which is crazy because uh, that really kind of shows you that um, the inspiration hit Jeff Lynn and um, in, a, in, in a very in a location, the Swiss Alps, a complete uh, you're out there in nature which is a big inspiration to this whole album nature all the different kind of aspects you get um and uh you know uh the guy uh just got inspiration and and, and busted out a two uh 17 track uh, um you know album is just uh, it's just fantastic that someone could you know take on such a and, and pump out so many memorable songs you know and let's not forget it was one man one guy who did this entire record, he does all their records by himself. I shouldn't say it's their records, it's his record. It's Jeff Lynn. Yes. Yeah. And if you look at their most recent releases, yeah. Um, not a huge fan of their last two albums. Um, because now that Richard Tandy's gone, he's had a harder time, I think, recalling some of those. The I'll I'll be honest with you. If I were to say well, a major reason he has completely abandoned the uh, orchestra side of of the of the music is the difficulty of arranging those um, those orchestral kind of uh, parts to the songs. I would say 100 percent it's time consuming. It's more than he's wanted to. Kind of, he likes to be in like the Bob Dylan Beatles esque side of music right now, like kind of just sitting there with the guitar and kind of playing more of like the, uh, you know, kind of uh, less involved, less intricate um, built songs. And he's completely abandoned that because I think strictly out of the difficulty it would bring him um, to do it live and also just I think in general uh, to compose them. And has gone to more of the like laid back acoustic kind of, you know, um, rock uh, songs, you know, so it's interesting. It definitely is. I mean, I haven't listened to the most recent two albums that he, he put out in the past couple of years, but I mean, I heard they were well received though for the most part. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I still love Zoom 2001. Mm. Uh, album is great, although there's no orchestra to speak of once again. Um, you know, I think it was actually probably, you know, there's probably like a couple albums back was the last orchestra you could be. And I'm a huge orchestra, as Kyle knows. If you play music with orchestra in it, there's a good chance I'm going to be extremely impressed by it immediately, um, just by the sheer difficulty of having, you know, posing that. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, I could put There's other artists I can think of. I too many to list off that my head, but like, there's some artists that I, I do love. I love the fact that they incorporate like orchestral elements, like strings or horns. And like Chicago is another example of that for me personally. I do love their work quite a bit um, as well. But as far as like 
this album goes like in general, it's just it's it definitely has stood the test of time. And it, it is the, it was their seventh. I, I didn't realize this it was their seventh album. I didn't realize that. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Definitely. And, and that's that's a tough thing to do. Like, you know, they really came into their sound. Um, you know, you can definitely feel the Beatles vibes, um, you know, throughout many of, uh, you know, Jeff Lynne's albums. I mean, um, and they, but they really I think they really made their sound fully, like I was saying before, a perfect equation of different pieces, parts. Um, came together in this album and then you know like the disco uh which i love their discovery i absolutely love it i'm not one mm -hmm. of those people that hates disco some people don't like something that's so concentrated of a style like oh it's all disco but where's the rest of it it is got it is once again still like the equation may be leaning towards disco but the it is it has got a great amount of rock um in it the next album and and like maybe not to the level and the and the sheer um, kind of genius of uh, out of the blue it may be a little more um you know it may not be in the same uh, vein but it is 100 percent keeping the identity alive of uh yellow and what they bring to the to the songs and you know absolutely 100 percent. i like that you mentioned them finding their sound really with this <laughs> uh specifically because when I was going back through and listening to the album, like preparing for this, there was only two songs on the entire album that I was able to pinpoint another, like another artist sound in there. Like other than just vague, like genres in there, there is on uh, standing in the rain very much has like that Sergeant Pepper's like magical mystery tour Beatles vibe has that pretty heavily, which I, I enjoy. I like that about it. But even before that, the only other song that I noticed any other like comparison to an artist for me to make was Stepping Out feels very much like it could have been an Elton John song. Mm. It's like yeah. particularly like the intro and like the first verse very much has that like Elton John feel to it. But other than that, yeah, I mean, there's really nothing else on here that sounds like anyone else except for them. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's uh, it's they've created a certain identity in that, and um, you know, all the different styles that they they're using, but also just the continued, um, just the way they they use them and put their own style on it. And I should say, you know, it's it's now Jeff Lynne's ELO as the new ELO, but still, it, you know, there was a, he, he once again he surrounds himself with all kinds of very talented people. I mean, he was a part of the traveling Wilburys. And once again, it's just a, it's just a fusion of many different uh, great talents to all come together and, um, and be able to produce a sound that is um, uh, familiar yet unique. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree with what both of you guys are saying. I mean, like this, I, I do agree that like, if you listen to earlier ELO stuff, like you listen to stuff from like their previous couple of albums, like, you know, like, um, like a new world record was like a year before and discovery was two years later. And they, what Kyle said does really ring true for me as well. They definitely came into their own as like, as, as a, as a, as a band, as a unit as well. And as a sound as was this record came on, I, nothing against like a new world record or telephone line or stuff on that album as well. But like this one, they definitely like solidified their sound and they said, look, we are ELO. We're going to do this our way. And it's, 
just an overall awesome in our eyes, in our eyes, an awesome, incredible listening experience. And I think, I, I think Jeff Lynn definitely tries for the, you definitely hear like the Beatles hints of like, you're right. Sergeant Pepper, magical Mr. Tour. But you also, I feel like you also hear like stuff like you like in a cut. Said Elton John. I mean, I feel I feel like you do hear like a little bit of some early Elton to an extent, like like Tiny Dancer stuff like that, like the strings in there. But like overall, this is a definitely a a solid, just in general, incredible. I, I would say art rock. What it says there, art rock, soft rock, progressive pop, and pop rock album. I mean, if it's all that criteria for me personally. Um, but I mean, do you guys have any other like initial? Do you guys have any other thoughts on the album? Do, do you want to share? I mean, by all means, the floor is yours. So. Uh, last thing I'll say is just that it is so rare for a band to have, or any artist for that matter, have their most successful album be what is it, like their seventh album. Yep. It's very hard to do. Uh, it usually doesn't happen, especially, you know, best and commercially successful are two different things, I guess. So I guess I'm talking more commercially successful. Usually once you put out an album or two, if they're, you know, if they're not that great, you just kind of fall off the wayside. So to have such a commercially successful album be your seventh album and have songs that are still iconic to this day. I mean, Mr. Blue Sky, I think even still relevant, I think was Weezer, I think was the last one that did a big cover of it uh, yeah. a couple of years back. I think that song is also featured on the Umbrella Academy on Netflix in the first season. Mm-hmm. And I think I think Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance also covered it. And it's, it's still relevant in the mainstream today. And it, also to have an artist that sounds just like themselves and really have nothing else to compare it to is such a big accomplishment for anyone. There's only a handful of artists probably ever that you could say that about, that there's, yep, that's Electric Light Orchestra. So you could hear it and you'll know. It, you can't say that for a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, I almost see the difference between Out of the Blue and the previous um, songs and the even the future songs. They really overexerted themselves to make the strings, the orchestra, and every part of how it perfectly syncs alongside the song and fits it never feels like it it's overburdening the song but it also never feels like it's it's in the background and it's it's kind of like oh, i can't tell what i'm listening to they work so perfectly alongside each other that i almost feel like he he used every ounce of his being to make the strings and the orchestral part of this so good that he couldn't ever meet that high again you know what i mean like from that point forward every album after that had less and less strings in it because it was like almost like i've done the best i could do i've done the most perfect kind of like synchronization of of styles of of of, you know these two styles kind of coming together the orchestra and rock that i think to go forward i have to almost try to find the other areas that i haven't mastered and 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 continue to try and to be the best at those and this is the best i'm gonna do and it's like it's the tr- everything album after this point became more synthesizer more uh you know the artificial kind of stuff and and less like real orchestras playing alongside rock which is it's, it's never an easy thing ask any artist who you know tries to do that and uh they all, they put out one big album where they play orchestras alongside their rock um whatever opus and 
after they're done doing it, they're like, okay, that really took a lot of power. You know, it took a lot of manpower. It took a lot of production. Like, uh, if I'm going to keep doing this, I got to be able to, you know, keep bringing it every single time. And it, it's, it's a lot of work. It can really drain you. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, now, nowadays when people do have any kind of orchestral parts of the songs, nine times out of 10, it's just produced through whatever pro tools, whatever, you know, recording mm -hmm. software they're using. It's very rare where you have someone actually bring in a real, even just one stringed instrument that's not a guitar or bass anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, everything you guys said, you guys just nailed it on the head completely. I'm not going to repeat too much, but I'm just really quick. You, you, I think I forget it was Kyle and Mike, which one you guys said, but to have your seventh album be like your most successful, you know, incredible, you know, album. The only other album that I could think of around the same time period too was Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. That's their eleventh album. I don't know if you guys ever thought yeah, about that for wow. a second. That's uh, yeah, that's Fleetwood Mac's Rumors is their eleventh album, and then their most success with the album prior and that one as well. So I just that's seventy six and seventy seven. But I just that made me think of that for a second. So pretty yeah, interesting. Pink Floyd is another one that comes into my mind. Yeah. Their early work was, for lack of a better word, awful. <laughs> yeah i think it, well, the fact that they were able to to fall into that like you know it's always like uh you're you're racing your your former self when it comes to uh to making music today you know how how can i how can i um innovate my sound and and, and draw from like a very uh inspired and kind of creative side that i feel like can be changed by the world around you you know like when you were the way you were feeling 10 years ago may not be the way you're feeling today um inspirationally creative you know creative creatively and um to be able to draw into that and put out an album much much later in your career is it's just it definitely separates you from the average artist who begins to decline as they put out new music that's more for themselves and less for you know, it's more for themselves, but it's less like um, really trying to tap into anything that um, is one of a kind, unique. So, um, yeah, that's it's very difficult to do. <laughs> so. And yeah. Mike, it's the last question I have for you really is, do you think that that the lack of, you know, orchestration going on afterwards, do you think that was more a reflection of him not wanting to recreate that or do you think that's more of just going with the times because you know like we said once you got into the 80s <laughs> and, and on everything became really specifically pop music in the 80s became very much almost completely synthesized and then that never really went away from that point on because the only time it really did go away was the brief like five years when grunge took over mm. Yeah, I, I think I definitely think you're on to something in the sense that um, that that kind of desire to remain, um, you know, uh, relevant in today's kind of the changing musical climate, um, still keeping the identity of of some of the the song vocals and the and the movements and the changes. But the heavy orchestra side of it, I think definitely, definitely partially was difficult to do. Uh, with the change of personnel in the band and second of all like um i feel like uh, his interest in um 
where he wanted to go musically didn't kind of fit alongside the heavy orchestra um, side of the music. And, the fa- you know, we're in the day of, a- day of age where people are constantly voicing what they want you to do. Um, you know, be do the do the orchestra stuff, like do what we want you to do. If it's not something he's interested in doing, which I've read some interviews, I've seen some interviews where, um, you know, he was moving on from uh, certain kinds of sounds and, and, and wanting to focus on a certain kind of uh, a sounding album that he, like the ones he's done today, uh, that to, to put, do something because people are complaining you know, back then they didn't have the, that that such vocal kind of like reflection of like what what your fans want you to do, it, um, like it is today. That then it was like I do what I want, and if you and if you fall away, you know, you're not a fan of it. Then um, it is what it is. But uh, you know, this music's coming from within me, not from within within you. So um, it's it's a tough trade off sometimes. You know. Yeah. But, All right. Well, any other concluding comments you guys are good or what i think it's definitely been a good a reflection of the album uh i mean uh definitely would love to um you know he constantly keeps uh taking songs and uh um fix like chain like he is a perfectionist he's taken mr blue sky and he's released uh changes with the song and uh um, different orchestra different you know done different kinds of uh, arrangements whatever and he's just never like he's taken he's done a whole bunch of different arrangements of different songs and i mean he loves to to go back and to tweak work that he's already done which i you know he's like the george lucas of uh of uh you know music but uh, <laughs> but i appreciate uh i appreciate the changes the change-ups in it and uh yeah i think it's uh i think it's an album like kyle was talking about um it will it does it's it it ages but it ages well enough that it kind of uh isn't going to be something you're going to be like completely like alien to um as music continues to fluctuate and change so good thing all right awesome any other last minute thoughts guys are we all good or what do we got i think that covers it you guys are good well yeah i want to first and foremost thank mike for coming on tonight he you is got it, man. the ELO guy. Like, <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad you were able to like to come on tonight. Like, I, and Kyle is always joining us as always. He's you know we we love to talk about music here. Come on anytime you want. You know you're always welcome. So I appreciate it. And uh, hey, anytime we want to shed some light on on something that needs to be uh, revisited, reimagined, I am always uh, a party to the, to the group here. So absolutely. Yep, you're you're welcome on anytime, my guy. And um. But I, I just want to thank I want to thank Kyle. I want to thank Michael, and thank you for watching and listening. However, you enjoyed it. So uh, if you like us here, subscribe. If you haven't already, subscribe to our Spotify podcast. Check us out, and 